You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Dallas After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Dallas After Show. What's up, cowboys and cowgirls? This is AfterBuzz Studios. We're here doing another live after show for Dallas Season 2, Episode 7, The Furious and the Fast. Bing is for doing. We're doing it big tonight, you guys. Yes. Big, 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 yes. big. I'm your host, AJ Gibson, joined by my lovely co-host, Kelly Oliski. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. And Dorinda Barker. How are Hi, you? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. We're doing well. We're doing well. We're holding up, you guys. At least right now. Yeah. Yes, for now. If Who you knows notice, how the rest of that episode we do is have, go. We do have a box of tissue on our table tonight yeah. because this, this episode is going to probably be hard to get through. It's a difficult one. Um, but as this episode should, it starts off with JR and John Ross. Yes. Um, JR is in Abu Dhabi doing God knows what. <laughs> uh, he calls John Ross, um, and John Ross tells him he's about to take over Ewing Energies. That's how the episode opens up. Um there's been a lot going on the last few episodes, this entire season, basically leading up to this this kind of mm-hmm. takeover, this, this mm-hmm. Sue Ellen thing that's going on, and and um, and Jr. is proud of his boy. It, it appears, yeah, yeah. yeah. fair Very statement. Ha- yeah, he's happy about Sue Ellen being a part of it. As we know, he orchestrated that, mm-hmm. and you know he seems to be happy with the way things are going so far. He orchestrates everything. Well, that he does. He yeah, sure does. He is the puppet master. If you really mm-hmm. think about it, he everything has been in place. Like, and he. You know, even with Bobby. Yeah. Even with Bobby, with him and Bobby, he always loves his brother and they always come back together. But he knows that's going to happen no matter what he does. Everybody has their place in his in his universe. And yes. they all have to play a part. And they may think they're in control or they or whatnot, but they never are. It's always JR. That's true. He's yes. always three steps ahead of everyone, which is pretty I cool. Know. It's pretty cool. And I'm yeah. kind of interested to, see, interested to see how the show will evolve post-JR. Because um, that'll, that'll be tricky to navigate, yeah, I think. Yes. But um, we're not going there yet. Um, <laughs> but then, something interesting at the top of the episode, um, Bobby uh, apparently contacted Gary. Mm-hmm. You know, Ted Shackelford? Yes. yes. He, uh, Gary Ewing, he, he comes back. He, he's, he's been on Knott's Landing for a while, then he's on <laughs> Young on the Restless. But now he's back in South Fork. Mm-hmm. And um, he and Bobby are working together. They stopped the lease, um, basically saying uh, the drilling lease, not allowing... Uh, Ewing Energies to to drill on South Fork anymore. Right. Yes. Um, which, so we go into the board meeting. Exactly. All the new key players. Elena's out. Suellen's in. in. Pam is in. And they try to give them an opportunity. You know, Bobby and Christopher. They still try to try to be righteous and try to be you know uh, above the fray a little bit and give Suellen an opportunity to change her mind. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. "Are you really going to do this?" Right. And she's like, "I'm doing what is best for me." Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. 
this is what we have to do then. And she, they toss a, uh, a folder over to, to John Ross and let them know that, look, <laughs> yeah. no more drilling. So now there's no more income. No. Because but that's where the money is coming from right now is that, that site. Right. But he threw out his little one-liner. And I wonder if that's going to kind of be his pattern from now on, kind of taking over for JR. Because mm-hmm. as soon as the folder's on the table, oh, a, a folder, I'm shaking in my boots. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just starting that. And I maybe he's always done it and I just happen to notice it more this time. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of seemed to stand out to me a little bit more in this episode. Well, I like the move on Bobby and Christopher's part. I think that... Christopher, he seemed kind of like a spoiled brat this season. I actually really liked him a lot this episode. We a lot. were just, talking, just about yeah. talking about that. Finally, I really enjoyed him. I really enjoyed Elena's character more than I have recently as well, although she mm-hmm. wasn't in a lot. But I enjoyed mm-hmm. their characters this episode. Um, and I love when Bobby fights back. Because Bobby doesn't fight back often. He picks and chooses his battles very carefully. He always has. Mm-hmm. But when he fights back, he fights back. Right. He said last week, well, I can't remember the exact quote, but he's like, he's like, I don't fight often, but when I do, I win. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, he's of that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, I thought it was a really great way to start off the episode. Um, but then, Christopher, we're just going to go through this sequentially. Okay. Because I don't want to... I, yeah. I, I just want to bring one thing I'm talking course. about, the one-liners. Mm-hmm. Uh, when John Ross, when uh, Ted Shackle, Gary walks in, mm-hmm. and John Ross sees him, and he goes, oh, how are things on the cul-de-sac? Uh, <laughs> yes. The Knott's Landing yes. reference? Yes, the Knott's Landing. I was like, yes. That is pretty landing. funny. I was never a fan of Knott's Landing. I didn't really watch it. I, mean, I think my mom did. Mm-hmm. She watched them all back my in the day. My mom but, did. Yeah. yeah. I actually did. Dallas was Nicolette always her Sheridan. number one. Isn't that where she yeah. started? Yeah. 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 William Devane. That's right. Nicolette has lived on a lot of cul-de-sac. She sure has. Hmm. Did she die on that one, too? You know, I don't remember. I didn't watch it closely enough to remember. I think she rode off into the sunset with William Devane's character, actually. Okay, okay fair enough. Didn't they have yeah. a not signing movie, too? Or something? I think they I, might have. Well, know. any anyway. of our friends, if, they want, if you want to let us know. Yeah, just, tweet us. Yeah. yeah. Let us know. <laughs> so then, uh, Christopher, because here's how it's breaking down, breaking down now. We've got Sue Ellen with 25% of the company and John Ross with 25% of the company. Mm-hmm. Bobby maintains his 25% of Ewing Energies. And then Christopher had given up 10%, so he's only got 15%, correct? Right. Yes. And his 10% went to Pamela. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, now it looks like if Sue Ellen, Sue Ellen and John Ross are going to stick together. So, regardless, they've got 50% of the company. Mm-hmm. If they get Pamela to side with them on any of these issues, on any issues, they control the company. They have majority role, yeah. Which is always so funny because these, like, soap operas, they do the same. The Young and the Restless has done it for years. The Newmans and the Avids. Yeah. And the, yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. same always. Same storyline, different day. But it's interesting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And... But it's not so clear the last couple of episodes that Pamela is really quite as as vindictive as we thought she was the first few episodes. Because she came out guns ablaze in the first two or three episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of episodes, now that we actually see the baby bump, because they yes, actually exist yes. now, I feel like she's starting to soften up a little bit. I don't know if it's a game. I don't know if... It's her conscience getting the better better of her, or if it's part of her her act. I'm not really sure. Well, I think it's a. I think it's more that she's trying to be smart to impress her dad, and I don't think she hates Christopher as much as John Ross thinks she does. I think at first it was all about payback and all of that, but now mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. she's thinking about her future with her family. She's about to have children. She's starting to think more like a mother. She's starting to think right, and then calling her dad and trying to be a businesswoman and be taken seriously, I think that's playing into her calming down a little bit. Because at the end of the day, I think that Cliff Barnes, although he's his character has obviously taken a turn from those early years, right? Um, I still feel like he's he's not 
the worst person in the world. He's pretty bad, but he's not quite JR, I don't feel like. This is my own personal opinion, but I feel like the way that Pamela is trying to impress her dad is the same way that Christopher tries to impress Bobby. Whereas John Ross is just hateful and greedy a lot, I feel like at, at the end of the day, I feel like Pamela really is just trying to impress her dad. And I feel like she's trying to do right and make smart choices for the long-term sustainability of Ewing Energies and, you know, Barnes Global or whatever it's called. Um, I think she's a little bit, as far as good versus evil, she's more on the good side than I believe Cliff is. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he had um, Frank kill himself. Mm-hmm. That, that was his pseudo-son. Yeah, that's true. And he basically convinced him to commit suicide. That is pretty And awful. made him feel horrible about himself to see... I don't think he's that much better than Jr. I just think he does it on a, in a different way mm-hmm. and in a little bit of a different level. And he, he Jr. is like in your face. He's going to screw you, and you're going to know it. And I think Cliff Barnes tries to be a little bit more subtle about it and make you think that he's not true. And I love that about the show actually because the kids. It's so the the younger generation is what makes it so interesting to me right now. How they're trying to figure out who they're going to be who they're going to be in their 40s and 50s and as businessmen and women because you see Pamela who's really struggling with do I want to be a good mother? Do I mm-hmm. want to be loyal to people who have been there for me or do I want to go down the path my dad went down? Because Cliff Barnes started off as a stand-up guy back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was a good person early on in Dallas. So she's pulled in multiple directions just like Emma is being pulled right now with Anne and with, with Ryland and, and um, Judith. Judith. Just like John Ross is pulled with Sue Ellen and J.R. oftentimes throughout his entire childhood. And then there's Christopher, who's just kind of a brat and always does things right, apparently. Um, <laughs> he thinks he does. Um, but it's interesting to see, because you don't really know how these characters are going to turn out. No. Because it could be a season from now, John Ross is the good guy, Christopher's the bad guy, and Pamela's saving you in energies. You never know. Right. And that's what's really cool about how they're writing things right now. It keeps you guessing week after mm-hmm. week after week. And I, I really like Pamela's character right now. I uh, really, no, I do too. She's interesting to it's me. It's hard to hate her. It really is. And she's an expectant mother. I know. You, you can't hate a woman with babies. No, no, you, no can't. you can't. Okay, Especially when they're still inside of her. Here's my <laughs> one big problem with the whole shares of Ewing Energies and Elena situation. I definitely get what Sue Ellen and John Ross did. On a moral level, wrong. It was catty. It was mm-hmm. conniving. All of that. But from a business standpoint, is she wrong? Who? Sue Ellen was she wrong for calling in her loan? She wasn't getting the she wasn't getting updated. She nothing was happening. It was on the back burner, and Elena did violate the contract. No matter how it happened, the fact still remains she did that. So all of those things are true. Why do they feel like Sue Ellen should just give her back her shares without any repercussion of the loan? Well, here's the weird thing about um, soap operas. <laughs> These th- it seems. This is so not real. Like, right. you can't just, like, like gain and lose control of companies over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, my 25% stake in the company is gone. And what does Elena do? She goes jogging on South Fork. I know. I'm like, you just lost a quarter <laughs> of a company. Ewing Energies. But that's, that's what I don't understand why nobody's bringing up. They're fighting with her like she should just give them back. No. She violated her contract. What, well, no matter how it happened, she did that. Well, I think what makes it dicey is that... That 
she violated the contract, kind of. She did, but she was also set up and she was also busted, and things happened because of John Ross. Right, but the facts are still the facts. I understand that, but I think Sue Ellen, she's smart. She's not the Sue Ellen of 1979. No, no. She's a different woman. And she knows. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why she's torn because she's like, okay, I have every right to do this, but does Mm -hmm. that mean should I do it? Because she and Elena used to be really close. Right, and I totally get that whole situation. I'm talking about Bobby and Christopher. Give her back her shares or I'm going to stop your drilling. Like, that's what I think is funny. Well, they're a little bit desperate right now. Yeah, but they're acting like this just happened out of the blue and it had no reason to happen. But keep in mind. When it really kind of did. Keep in mind, Bobby never, ever, ever wanted to drill South Fork to begin with. Mm -hmm. Look at last season. Yes. He promised Miss Ellie Mm -hmm. 100 years ago that that would never happen. It would would never drill on South Fork. Right. And he fought that all of season one. Tooth and nail. So... For him to now come back and say, well, look, we're going to take back what we finally conceded to you, that kind of makes sense to me. Because mm-hmm. he was already, that was a bonus. He was giving them that last season. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that, like, that part, it, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. The only thing that has, it just is funny, is just the whole thing with Elena's, like, she absolutely didn't do anything wrong. When she did, you take out the morality clause, she still wasn't drilling the way she was supposed to. She didn't start really working on that land until Sue Ellen got on her about it. She was kind of, she, she was took, putting it. She, she took advantage t- of the she friendship. Did. So it was kind of the same. Even though John Ross and Sue Ellen were, you know, very bad about it and, and had a whole different idea, Elena still was writing that fine line, too, of taking advantage and not holding up her end of the bargain. So this is kind of what happens. For her to take no responsibility for it bothers me about her character. Which makes me wonder, like, what else were you doing? Right. Like, what were you doing in your free time and that, that you were not even aware that you had to have known when your attorneys drew up this contract that if you didn't fulfill your end of the bargain, you're going to lose a quarter of the company. That's uh, She didn't know enough. there was a morality clause? Do you always read things before you sign them? Does she want the money that bad? Well, I, what what gets me about Elena is like in first season, first season, first season, Elena was all about proving yourself and working really hard. And I feel when we open up to second season, Elena, she's not doing that for whatever reason. Well, now she's back and, with Christopher. She doesn't have to. Yeah, because now she's like, I'm with the love of my life. I don't have to prove anything. To I'm going to be a Ewing now. I don't yeah. have to. Which she could have been a Ewing the other way too. By the way, if it would have went the mm-hmm. other way, she could have. I mean, John Ross, I think, would have married her. He he loved her. So, I just think I agree that Sue Ellen had the right to take everything back from her. I think what they did was underhanded. Right. I don't know. I, I I'm kind of torn on both sides. What's well, interesting I am that you torn. bring that up because it really. I did love the independent, like the independent woman side of of Pamela or of of Elena mm-hmm. and. Yeah. It is interesting now that she is back with the love of her life. Like, you just lost a quarter of a company and you're going for a jog. Like, that bothers me. I don't like that about her character. I wish she would fight. I wish she would have shown up at that board meeting and been like, "Mm mm-mm, this Mm -hmm. isn't going down like this. Right. We're going going to fight this out. Take him to court. Something. You know, I like that. I like that. She seems like she can be trusted and she can be loyal, but I wish that she would get a little bit of fighting spirit in her. Mm Because right now she reminds me kind of 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 Pamela Barnes season one and two. I feel like she's a little bit of a pushover right now. She's just content to be in the family, mm-hmm. you know, and she hasn't really found that fight inside of her yet. Whereas, well, it might be now with what's going on with her brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might give her that fight that we're looking for. I hope so. I, I'm actually starting to like that character. I like Drew a little bit. I do too. I, I, I feel yeah. bad for him. Like, yeah. I just want to give him a hug and it's going to be okay. You don't have to try so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I hope it plays out for him. Yeah. This whole coming back and trying to like, you know, uh, I, like 
polish his father's name off and bring it back to what it used to be back in the day before, yeah. you know, oh, they lost the land. Yeah, because that's what that's all about. And he mm-hmm. feels like he, that it has something to do with him and it's his fault. And He's the Mulan of the show. He wants resp- to bring honor to his family. Yes, yes it's that's his it. responsibility. <laughs> it is his responsibility. <laughs> I love that you can bring Mulan into Dallas. <laughs> I'm going to find a way to, to insert a Disney character into every episode we do. <laughs> Next, it's going to be our new yeah, game. Yeah, next week will be the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> I sound so uppity. So, JR can't cl- close the deal in Abu Dhabi without the oil revenue. Right. So mm-hmm. he's heading back to Dallas, apparently, at some point in the episode. They don't really... He's not on these episodes a lot. Um, it seems kind of like they could have used stock footage for some of this stuff, for some of these episodes. Just footage they... Scenes they had shot, they never used, maybe. I, I don't know. It could be. It they could have been. pieced them together and made it make sense. Um, and I think they did a great job of it. Yeah. But um, he comes back into town. Gary physically shows up. And Gary goes right into Union Energies. And his first um, interaction is with John Ross. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's with the cul-de-sac. That's the cul-de-sac comment, yes. Um, I also like when, uh, a little bit later in the episode, but when he runs into Sue Ellen. Let's talk about Gary and Sue Ellen for a minute. Oh, when she goes oh. looking for him? Well, well they're mm-hmm. having coffee. At you. Is that the she, first? Yeah. Remember, she went looking for him, <laughs> yeah. and she makes a comment where she says that to John Ross, did you tell JR that I was working Gary? Mm-hmm. So she she's, has a, a, what do you call it, a mission. Oh, absolutely. To try to win over Gary. And she's a little bit JR-esque. She was. Yes. Very much so in that scene. And she's, I mean, she's, how old is she? 71. Yeah. She looks hot, first of all. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And she's going after Gary like, she's What's little, up? Yeah, hey. And he's like, because mm, they didn't really interact in the original series very often. Oh, no. he, sa- he said it. He yeah. said yeah. it to her, too, because yeah. she said something about, you know, oh, coffee is like the like the drink for, you oh, know, yeah. recovery. Oh, yeah, I actually wrote it yeah. down. It's a drink for recovery. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. Recovering he, alcoholics drink of choice or something. Exactly. And he goes, wow, you've never really been this nice to me. Yeah, I'm not complaining <laughs> about the attention, but what's, what's going on? I'm interested to see how that plays well, out. Well, because we find out when he first arrives that he and Val broke up. Yeah. She left him because he fell off the wagon. But she will be back next week. Right. Yes. We've already confirmed that. Yeah, recently. she'll be back for the funeral. Interesting. As well as uh, Charlene Tilton. Mm-hmm. She'll be there as well. Yay. What was it, Dorinda? Look like you had something very important oh, to say to me, Dorinda. Well, I think, we're, I, I think I might be jumping ahead where he's in Bobby's office. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. tells Bobby, because, you know, they're both in cahoots with this drilling. Mm-hmm. And he says to Bobby, how long do you think this is going to go on? Because he's, he's broke. He's broke, and there's some. So I think that might play into everything too. Mm-hmm. Gary might be that little trick pony, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure it out. Well, because I, initially I read he was coming back for three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if he's there any longer than that, but he has at least three episodes on the show. Um, and and, and uh, he, you can't just you can't just pop him back into this. Gary, every time he's come to Dallas, he's always been the black sheep of the family. He's always been, there's always been some, some issues around him. He's always getting into trouble. Yes. yes. And he did never had a good relationship with JR or with Jock. And that's why he left Dallas originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and when he comes back, it's interesting now because now that Jock and JR are both out of the picture, does that open the door for a larger role for Gary and the Ewing family now and in Ewing Energies, which could, you know, help Bobby out. Bobby yes. now has, you know, a key ally right. when he's going up against Sue Ellen and John Ross. Mm-hmm. I'm still not completely convinced that Sue Ellen is team John Ross all day long. She is his mother, but I, I, I feel like and I hope that 
she really has changed and that she's not going to make the same mistakes that JR made for so many years mm-hmm. and, and put themselves before, put greed before family and before the good of the company. Um, I like to think that she has something else up her sleeve, mm-hmm. but it's not really what it seems. I hope that that's the case. Because I love her. I wasn't a huge fan for like, like season one. I was like, uh, that's great. She's back for a few episodes and she's kind of a periphery character. Mm-hmm. They brought her back so that people could be like, oh, Linda Gray's back. But this season, she's central. Yeah, and oh. I, I love her scenes. God, mm-hmm. I just love the fact, once again, that the older characters, I thought they were going to uh, kind of get rid of them in a way, kind mm-hmm. of veer them off, like into a, you know their own path. And they're really so, even more so this season well, in the I forefront. Think, I think they must have realized from the first season that there was no way to kind of keep them in the shadows, that they needed to be at the forefront because of the hardcore Dallas fans that need to watch them merge together. Yeah, well, there's a couple different schools of thought, I think. I think if you look at recent recent, um, uh, reboots, you look Mm -hmm. at 90210, and they brought back Shannon Doherty for a couple episodes. They brought back Jenny Garth for like a season or two. Um, They brought back some of the original characters and then just completely phased them out. Mm -hmm. And... It but those wor- episodes had their highest rating. Yes, and the show just declined. And the, while the great cast is, you know, the new cast is great, they are getting canceled this season. They have right. five seasons. Yeah. Melrose plays same thing. They tried to save it. They brought, did they bring Heather Locklear, Heather Locklear for a little bit? Yeah. And they, but again, they just went with the new cast and tried to make them the core of the. Sh- and people, just, people are nostalgic for these shows that they grew up with, and especially when you can bring back somebody like Linda Gray, who still looks amazing. Right, she's not hard to look at. No. She looks wonderful, and it's interesting to think like, oh, what have these been char- these characters been up to for twenty years mm-hmm. that we used to be so enthralled and so in love with? Like, what have they been up to? And to try to uh, diminish their roles right out the gate, like they did with Sue Ellen last year, it just didn't work. Right. Because you know what? Great. John Ross is great. Christopher's great. And those are characters that were on the original show, but they're not the original actors. They were babies. They were little kids back then. They didn't have a, a major role in any way, shape, or form. You want to know what Jr. and Bobby and Sue Ellen and Pamela, the original Pamela, Victoria <laughs> <the> Principal. <laughs> Did you guys get my tweet the other day? Yes. Yeah, well, you guys responded. Yes. Yeah. If you guys follow me on Twitter or, or any of us actually on Twitter, I was in West Hollywood getting my hair cut a couple of days ago. Sorry about the feathered bangs. But um, I was getting my hair cut, and as I was walking into my salon, there was a red Mercedes parked across the street. And I swore to God that Victoria Principal was there. I looked everywhere. I was so excited. I was like, Pamela, Pamela, where are you? And it was like this little Asian guy. He was like five foot two. He got into the car drove away, and I was devastated. Why did you steal her car? I know, right? But uh, you might be able to see him in the picture, actually, because I got a picture as he was driving away. It's really Posted funny. it on Twitter. So if you guys if you guys are on uh, following us on Twitter, check that picture out. It's really kind of funny. Um, so let's talk about Drew and, Drew and Elena for just a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that his intentions are good. I like what he's trying to do. I love that he calls her Ellie. Yeah. Did you yes. notice that? Yes. He called yes. her Ellie a couple of times this episode, and I've never heard him say that before. I, mm-hmm. Maybe I just didn't mm-hmm. catch it. Um, I don't think he has. I no, don't know. No, this is a first. Is yeah, it? this yeah. is a first. For a Dallas fan, that's huge. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Barbara Bell Gettys. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Ellie. Um, I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. And again, another great way to like pay homage to you know stars of the show that are no longer with us, and, and to just to show the fans that you appreciate that they've come back after 20 years. Yeah. I thought yes. that was cool. 
And little things like that, like, I geek out about completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was cute. Plus, they, it, they show respect. That's right. the other thing. That's why I think this show is going to last longer than the others, is because they show respect to the old show. Absolutely. To what brought them to where they are now, which I love more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, like, it, the show wouldn't have worked if they didn't. I think just, just like, for those of you who maybe are a little bit younger and didn't watch... Dallas originally, I, I relate it to kind of like Sex in the City. Sex in the City doesn't work without New York City. Right, yes. It's, it's the fifth girl, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yes. South Fork is the heart of Dallas. Dallas does not work without JR, Bobby, Sue Ellen, and South Fork. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have to have all the parts together to make the show successful. And if not, the fans are just going to be so frustrated, they're not going to, they're not going to come back. And I think they've done a really great job of being respectful, especially in this day and age where that doesn't happen very often anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all about ratings and money and everything else. And and we'll talk about this later, but that's what the coolest thing about the way this episode ends is that that Larry Hagman, how many actors get to go out that way? I it's know. unheard of. Okay. So I just I just love I love TNT and I love Dallas. I'm so happy. <laughs> so before upset. we move forward, we're going to talk about Drew and Elena in just mm-hmm. a second. But I want you to talk about something exciting here at AfterBuzz. Let's talk about this yes. weekend. What's coming up? Okay, so this weekend, guys, if you are in the LA area or Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, you need to go see Serial Buddies. Serial Buddies is a new comedy that it was made by Maria Menounos and our very own Kevin Undergaro and it's a new serial killer buddy comedy. I've got to see a first cut of it. It's really funny so make sure you guys go and check it out. It's going to be playing at um, AMC Theaters so if you go to adventuresofserialbuddies.com it'll give you the list of showtimes. You can get your tickets and um, support Maria and Kevin and all of us here at AfterBuzz and it's a really funny movie so take your friends. It's a cool interesting genre too. Like yeah. If you're into like the, if you're into like that horror serial killer genre but you're like the spoof stuff as well it's kind of kind of blends them together. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Re- it has really fun central characters. Kathy Lee Gifford is in it. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher McDonald, who I love so much oh, from from um, Happy Gilmore. Uh-huh. <laughs> love him. Um, Artie Lang. It, there's some great people. Beth Bears. Obviously Maria. Obviously, I'm, so I'm, it's, most, it's, I'm it's most excited fun. about Maria. Obviously, however, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about Kathy Lee Gifford as well. She I just mean, kills me. She, I love her. <laughs> I just I want to see her all the time with the glass of wine in her hand. It just I've, makes my day. I've been doing this thing where I get up <laughs> earlier lately, so I watch. I, they're on the fourth hour of the Today Show, and I watch her and Hope Drunk. every morning. They're so wasted. <laughs> I'm like, how are you guys working? How are you guys working? I hosts? mean, well, this is like the best classic. job ever. They're so great. And how did you get that job? I know. Yes. I want that job. <laughs> what do I need to do just exactly, to get... Exactly, because those glasses of wine are huge. To be the drunk at 11 o'clock in the morning? Fabulous. Uh, <laughs> so guys, uh, March 8th, this weekend, you yes, guys check out Serial Buddies. Adventures of Serial Buddies, officially titled, I believe. Pretty exciting yes, stuff. Adventures yes, Adventures Pretty Buddies. exciting mm-hmm. stuff here at AfterBuzz. Yeah. We're growing by leaps and bounds, everyone. We're growing <laughs> by leaps and bounds. So, Drew and Elena, also known as Ellie, um, he's still, he's convinced they can still drill the Henderson Ranch. That they can find a way, and he shows her actually a mock-up that says, look, we can still get down there. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, it's pretty tight, but... There are massive oil reserves if you can get to it. They just did it. Look, 20 years ago is the last time they really surveyed this land. And at the time, they didn't have the technology to really see how it might be possible. Mm -hmm. Now they see there's a lot of oil down there. And he he proposes to Elena or Ellie, (laughs) look, this this works out. You team up with me, partner with me. We don't need the Ewings ever again. Mm -hmm. You become wealthy and successful on your own without needing Christopher or John Ross or whoever, um, which is 
pretty enticing for somebody like Elena, you would think. I hope so. I right. hope I hope that businesswoman mentality is still in there. Well, I like that he said, they have South Fork, we have this. <laughs> yes. Um, and also, interesting turn of events, he was driving the truck when he was pulled over, the, the trafficking, the illegal trafficking of the high heels and purses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, still cracks me up. Yeah, he was doing that <clears throat> to save money, to save money for this exact opportunity. Yes. Because he's just really just... He wants to make his dad proud, you know, his mom proud, his family proud. He wants to create a family legacy. And as much as maybe Elena and he haven't seen eye to eye in the past because he seemed a little bit immature and a little bit reckless from what we know, Mm -hmm. um, as a sister, that has to appeal to you. You have to respect your brother and you, you give your brother and sister another shot every single time. It's so hard to cut off somebody you love even if they're not necessarily making the right choices. Nine times out of ten, you give him another shot. And it mm-hmm. looks like Elena's going to do that now, which is cool. I like I like these side stories. I like, obviously, I love everything about the Ewings all day long, but it's nice to see these other little side stories come into play. Right. And then they can, they'll kill off Drew at some point down the road because they have to kill off characters <laughs> all the time, but they can't be the, the Ewings. Um, but I like it. What do, we, what, do we, what do we think about this? Do you think there's any – is there going to be any – is the story going to develop? I want to see it develop. I would personally like to. I would like to see her kind of separate herself a little bit from the Ewings and all of that drama and start creating some of her own and have her own fighting and maybe kind of come up against them as a competitor. I think that might be kind of cool to see. I think that would be fantastic, mm-hmm. actually, to let you know, because then it goes to show I don't need you. Because even last season, even though she was so headstrong and all this stuff, she still needed the Ewings. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see her not need them anymore. Well, that's what one one thing that's great about the original Dallas, and like obviously I haven't seen every episode, but I've watched enough and researched enough to understand the transformation of a character like Sue Ellen, mm-hmm. who in those early seasons was so dependent on JR and so helpless and weak, and she, you know, drank her life away for many years and she Mm -hmm. wasn't a good mother and she wasn't a good you know she tried to be a good wife but she wasn't able to because of jr and later on she ended up fighting back taking the company from him and basically you know sending him into bankruptcy years later Mm -hmm. um i want this this dallas i want the women to be strong yeah i want them to all be like ann Mm mm-hmm oh ann she's so i love ann let's talk about ann for a little bit yes all right so Anne, oh, I can't make this joke yet, but Anne's on probation, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just fast forward a little bit. Why the hell is she at the racetrack? <laughs> she's on probation. Isn't she supposed to be like at home or something? She's not at, at she's on in, what is it? Um, not house arrest, apparently. Not house arrest. Just she's probation. Sus- yeah. Isn't it suspended? It's probably one of those probations yeah. where you don't you don't That's, necessarily have to go see a probationary officer. It's like if you get in trouble, then you'll get arrested. So it's not like Martha Stewart probation. No, more of a, no, she was more like house arrest, wasn't she, with the yeah. ankle monitor and all of that. Something. No. She pretty. She got away with. I think she quite got the, the least amount of probation you can get, which is basically they say you're on probation, but you don't necessarily have to check in with the probation officer. Okay. Well, <laughs> it looks like she's finally going to have an opportunity to get to know her daughter. Mm-hmm. Because throughout this episode, we see Ryland uh, and Judith talking to Emma. Let's talk about this. Creepy. So creepy. And oh. I hope they stay on the show forever. <laughs> They're so great. I hate them. It's, it's so like flowers in the attic. Yes. Like 40 years later. BC Andrews. Oh. I love that you just made that reference. Yes. I love flowers I in the attic. Thinking, it gives me chills. Them? It's oh. so, so creepy. Okay. So basically, they tell they tell... Emma, they're like, okay, well, we're going to send you back to London tomorrow. 
So, you know, go to your last writing lesson tonight, and tomorrow morning you're heading back to London because we, we finally got you a spot in some school with some instructor, some writing instructor, to prepare you for the Olympics. Which is kind of funny. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and she's like, well, I thought there were no spots. Because now Emma's, she's starting to warm up to the idea of having a relationship with the Ewing family. Mm-hmm. After interacting with Christopher, with Anne, with Bobby, and seeing how Ryland and Judith were reprimanded, essentially, by the, by the court, um, she's seen that maybe these Ewings aren't so bad after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she goes to see, when she goes to talk to Anne, Okay, let's talk about this scene, the hair scene, the haircut and the... And yeah. Mm-hmm. Ladies, I'll, I'll let you take this one because how, how can you relate? Yes. And the thing about it is it's that control. When someone has that much control over you and you feel helpless, once again, as, she, as Anne told the story, she told her the same story, and that's why it hit so home, it's, it's hit her so hard. Mm-hmm. And when she told the story to Anne, my, my eyes teared up because I felt I, she understood her mother and understood the position she was in being part of that family. Oh, because totally. even though she wasn't as terrified the way Anne was scared of Ryland, mm-hmm. she wasn't scared necessarily of Judith, but Judith did it in such a passive-aggressive way, didn't tell her she couldn't do what she wanted, but just made her feel really stupid and ugly for asking. Well, do we really think that she's not scared of Judith? Because no, I kind I mean, of get the feeling that she's terrified of I both of them. I think she is yeah. now. I don't think it hit her until she had that conversation with Anne. I don't think she realized, because remember, they had her on meds. Yeah. So I don't think she realized well, they that have what that. Her on meds. Well, they, yes, I don't think she realized that what she was was afraid of them. She didn't know any different. And how interesting so, is that? Because I'm actually going through something similar with a good friend of mine right now who's who's going through some life changing stuff, mm-hmm. and his parents just do not understand. And he kind he's coming to the realization now that look, not all parents are like this. Not all parents are like his. Sure, no. they love him. They're great, wonderful people, but they just raised him in a way that's so different. And until you see the other side mm-hmm. and see how loving people can be you don't know any better right and so i oh th- it broke my heart watching her talk to ann because yes. she doesn't even know that it's wrong yeah she said she wanted to get a haircut but judith told her she didn't tell her she couldn't do it but she told her it'd make her face look fat and ugly she said she didn't have the right face shape yeah and she said yes. she's like i just felt stupid and and stupid there are a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, a lot of strong words in the world. Stupid to me is the harshest word you could ever use. And I, I, I try so hard not to use it, and I have. But I try so hard not to use that word when I'm reacting or interacting with anybody. Because mm-hmm. that word, it seems like such a juvenile word, but it has such strength. And just that word alone has kept Emma her entire life in a submissive state where she just doesn't feel confident. Mm-hmm. In anything that's not completely structured, right? Because when she went, she went. They told her they'd leave the next morning, so she went out and found Anne, and they went for a ride. Mm-hmm. And she had on her her riding gear, which she does. Um, uh, the certain style of riding yes. where it's, yes. she's in control. Rich the horse, people, rich people horseback riding. <laughs> yes, I basically. can't even remember what what is it like. Um, Trey, <clears throat> so it's with a T. Oh, uh, Tristage. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. and. She's got her helmet on. She's got her hair all pulled back properly. And Anne's just chilling in a pair of jeans and, like, a like a barn coat. And, like, her <laughs> hair is kind of messy. And she looks she's great. she got a cowboy but, hat. Yeah, absolutely. Cowboy hat. And, and after she, she has this connection with Anne, Anne's like, she's like, well, I don't know how to be 
how to ride a horse without these rules and guidelines. Mm -hmm. Because Ryland talked to her about the rules and guidelines, and Judith is always very strict about these rules and guidelines. And Anne's like, you don't need to train the horse and tell the horse what to do. The horse knows what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to try to control it. And as they're talking about this horse, they're really just talking about them. Right. They're really talking about the difference between, you know, Emma now and Anne at her age and Anne now. Mm-hmm. Basically showing her this is what life could be for you. You don't have to be so confined. And I love that Anne understands only as in a way that only a true mother could. Mm-hmm. She understands that she cannot push Emma to make choices. She cannot push her in any direction. All she can do is show her love and open her arms and allow her to make the choices. And just let her know she understands. Absolutely. That's the only way to create an open, honest, loving relationship for Mm -hmm. them, for anybody in life, but for this particular situation, Mm -hmm. it's the only way it can be sustaining. Right. And Emma is, her eyes are being opened. And her mind is being open to this, and I like it. I like when Anne told her, if you just give the horse a little bit of room and trust him, he's going to know what to do. And that's basically what her, what she needs in her life, is someone to give her a little bit of room and to trust her so she can grow up. Yeah. How many people so, do we know, like, growing up, like, like you have that, that, that kid in your, your class that you go to school. I'm from a small town, so I can really relate to, like, the kids that were raised in really, really, really strict homes. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the day they go away to college... They're drunk every night or they're sleeping <laughs> around or they're making really terrible choices because they were never allowed to make any choices growing up. Oh, yep. yeah. My oh, parents yeah. always kind of like, I made mistakes, but my parents let me make my mistakes. Mm-hmm. I made plenty of them. And I, I was a good kid, but I was a prick sometimes, too. And when I went away to college, though, I felt prepared to some degree because I was allowed to make choices for myself. Right. You know, and I had to pay the price also. Whereas Emma, she's never been able to make a single choice in her life. Including the medication. It's true. Which, that bothered me, by the way, so much. And once again, it creeped me out. Because she's talking to him. And he's like, you can ask me anything you want. All this stuff. And then he, like, you can tell. Well, like, because that what does she say? Oh, what does she say? She, wa- she wants to stay. Yeah, she wants, she wants to, to stay. stay. She wants a relationship like, with no. her mom. Oh, mm-hmm. what, and then what does he say? She goes, well, you told me I could say this. And he goes, doesn't mean I'd agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And how creepy. Because... She then leaves, goes and sees Anne that night, correct? She runs away. Runs away, away. packs up her stuff. And then when Judith and he come back in, they freak out and he kicks the chair. And Judith just, you pick that chair up right now. And then she goes on to tell him that this entire thing is his fault. Right. Because he brought Anne into their lives all those years ago. And because he's now decided to use Emma as a bargaining chip. Recently, with the with the to get back the the recording the, mm-hmm. at the end of last season, and she's right about that. She is, yeah, she's totally right. But even right. before that, before Emma runs away, when they figure out that she missed her writing class and she went to see Anne, remember what Judith says: "I won't let you lose our daughter." That was the creepiest oh. thing of the entire episode. <laughs> it was like a couple of weeks ago when I thought I thought for a second that Judith and Ryland were going to kiss a couple of oh, episodes ago, my gosh. and then when she said "our daughter," I was and, like, "But oh. then she like does that close like." You know, as like married couples, or like even just a couple would do. Just like, oh, and then, but then when she tells him to pick up the chair, she's a mother again. Yeah, and then when they're talking about that, and she's blaming it all on him, and he tells her, you know, where she's kind of egging him on and egging him on. Why did you love her? Why did you need her? And he finally grabs her and kind of pushes her back. I loved her because she wasn't you. Exactly. That said so much there too. So by the way. 
And why he hasn't been able to break away from this, why he's so brainwashed by her, is beyond me. Because essentially, he is Emma, an yeah, older version yes. of Emma. Yeah. He's, he's repeating the cycle, and Anne broke it and got away. Mm-hmm. Now Emma's trying to do the same thing. So... Because do she's we, her mother's daughter. Do we think that Ryland really is such a bad guy? Or do we think that do we think there's hope for him? I think he's a child still, and his temper tantrum proves that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know. I, he was never really allowed to be a grown-up. It's He's had this claw in him mm-hmm. from his mother for so long. Who knows if she's the one that manipulates all of his business deals, like everything, every facet of his life. Mm-hmm. It seems like she does. Because when we first met Emma, she was a brat. Right. She was mean. Mm-hmm. And now that she's starting to see the other side, she's started to change slowly. I just wonder if it's if it's possible for Ryland to even do that at this stage in the game. But here's my question from watching that scene and I thought a different I thought a different way is when he pushed her and he got physical with her, I was like then I always thought Judith had the upper hand, mm-hmm. but now I'm like who has the upper hand? It's really interesting. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see how it plays out because yeah. they're the greatest addition to the show right oh, now, absolutely. like outside of like the main cast. Like I Judith she <laughs> is amazing. Freaking, if she doesn't get nominated for like an Emmy for her role, like she is so good on the show and just scares the living daylight out mean, of me. I mean, super, super creepy. And that's when we started our whole Disney thing with the Disney villains. I yes. mean, she is truly a scary villain. Disney, again, <laughs> Disney is I'm all over you, this. She's Maleficent. She, Maleficent. she really could be. No. Yes. So we have sure. Mulan and Maleficent. Got it. And the Hunchback next week. Next week, tune in. So I think that's Bug. Let's move on to. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> What's bugged? No, bug. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yes. bug. Yeah. JR's henchman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Creepy. Weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> the PI. So let's talk about um, Ricky Rudd and this NASCAR storyline for, mm-hmm. for a moment. You know, um, I liked this story for Christopher. I, did I really too. did. And I am so glad. I, I'm happy with the way that it turned out. I, I'm happy to find out that Christopher apparently knows how to build an engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that it, it's interesting because what about, let's talk about for a second, the redhead that mm-hmm. from the from the city uh, the city council who comes and meets with Christopher. She's flirting with him hardcore this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and she's a sexy little thing she is for hot. somebody working for city council. Yeah. Did yeah. you see that, those hemlines? I did. And I'm like, <laughs> that hemline is a little short for yeah. a councilwoman, if exactly. you ask me. Well, it is Texas. That's uh, true. Her hair looked amazing, <laughs> but she, too. Oh, she I did love her. Oh, I her hair color. Oh, her hair color She says great. to Christopher, basically, like, see these guys over here? You need to impress them, and you need to win. This mm-hmm. Your driver, Ricky Rudd, needs to win this race. In order for you to have any chance to get methane to get us to switch over basically our public transportation to mm. methane because we're in Texas right now. And I like yeah. how she said that's like trying to turn a Horns fan into a Sooners fan. And anybody yeah. like me that's a Longhorn fan, never gonna happen. Yeah, my cousin, my, my cousin went to OU, just Sooner. Oh, and she, yeah, no. It goes both ways. Yeah, so I thought, I thought that this whole like everybody coming together at the racetrack was so mm-hmm. classic Dallas. Mm-hmm. I loved, loved, loved it. But then, of course, what else is classic? John Ross decides to. Sabotage. Yeah, sabotage. He he gets in touch with uh, what's the guy's name? Boyd. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Billy Boyd, maybe. I, mm. I just know it as Boyd. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he gambling problem. He has a gambling problem, and and of course John Ross, just like his dad would, um, finds a way to manipulate that, mm-hmm. and he goes after him and says, "Look, you know, I I know you have issues." And initially, Boyd thinks that John Ross is there to collect. He's mm-hmm. like, "No, but I will pay all of your debts. I will get this weight off your shoulder." Because anybody who struggles with an addiction like gambling, 
you live in constant fear, I'm sure. Oh, I know this only because I watch to. movies and TV shows. <laughs> but um, So he's saying, basically, we'll take care of this. And Boyd works on the pit crew for, for Christopher's car, Ricky Rudd's car. He tells him, basically, sabotage this. So after Christopher and Ricky Rudd and their pit crew are working on the car the night before the race, they leave, and the guy kind of creeps out of the shadows. And But it doesn't show him do anything to the car. Mm-mm. But it, it just kind of insinuates that he's about to do something. Well, come race day, um, the car is doing well. Mm-hmm. It's staying up there with the pack. And the other three cars have to take a pit stop. The to whole refuel. I- yeah, the idea behind this methane is that you don't need to take pit stops as often because you don't need to stop and refuel. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking, okay, this is our chance. And they're all excited. And I, I, this, scene, this scene was shot so perfectly because my heart was racing. I was so excited. Yes. And then the next lap around... Ricky Rudd has to take a pit stop because something's going wrong with the, what is it? the uh, Like the pedal pressure or something was getting really, really high. Yeah, the pressure mm-hmm. regulator was off. Yeah. Um, and so then they have to take a pit stop, and they're a full lap down. And with like half the race left. And like 150 laps, I think they were doing something like that. Maybe 200, they mentioned 200, 200, 200, 200, 200 laps. I'm like, that's and a, l- I'm sorry, that's a long Especially for four cars and, and like 20 spectators. <laughs> exactly. Like they're selling beer, popcorn anywhere. <laughs> no. They were drinking champagne. Of course, yeah. of course they were. Because that's pretty typical NASCAR. If you've ever been to a NASCAR race, you see a lot of champagne. <laughs> well, this is a special race I know. just yes. to see the methane. So it's a private VIP kind of I race. I know. Well, everybody's there. And Pamela, <laughs> and it, at the beginning of the episode, has said look to John Ross, she's like, look. If he wins this race, if Christopher comes through, my dad and I are going to side with him. We got to do what's best for the company. Exactly. Yes. So there's a lot riding on this race, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're a full lap down, and the regulator's off. So Christopher has to run in, get one from the prototype, which is still uh, inside, parked in the garage. And mm-hmm. he takes it apart, runs out there. My heart's racing. I was so excited. I haven't gotten this excited about a TV show in a long time. Yeah. And he's running back out to the track while they're doing another pit stop. And... And they replace it, and they get it going. And I'm thinking the entire time, I'm thinking John Ross is going to win. They're not. Me going, too. I yeah. did not think there was a way they were going to let Ricky Rudd actually win this race, mm-hmm. and they did. I loved that. Oh, I was that last be so... lap. He's like, "This is it. This is your last lap. Yep. You have to do it now or never." And he comes back and wins. And I was like, "I don't even like racing." And he yeah. won by like a full car length yeah. almost. Right? Yeah. No, he. Yeah. yeah. I, and I loved it because I was going to be so disappointed if they let this get sabotaged again. I, I, I like to see Christopher come out on top every now and then because mm-hmm. this entire episode, I liked his character. I thought his acting was great this episode. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that his his part of the storyline was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I like to see him come out on top. Absolutely. Because it hasn't happened a lot lately. Yeah, and I hope the rest of the season, this is what we see of Christopher. Yes. Because yeah. I don't, I, as we were talking before, mm-hmm. we just went on the air. I just don't like the pumped up chest Christopher <laughs> that comes up to you. The, with te- the, the temper tantrum. Yeah, yeah. Christopher. I just don't like that guy. He reminds me I of like, Ryland when he kicked yeah. the chair. Yeah. yeah. That, that version of Christopher doesn't work for me. I want to see yeah. more of, of, I've got it together. I'm an adult, Christopher. And you can still get upset and still not be happy all the time, but no temper tantrum. No. So because of this race, Pamela ends up backing Christopher. So now mm-hmm. it's 50-50 again. Mm-hmm. We're at a checkmate again. But but Bobby and Christopher still have the upper hand because they're not because of because of Greg or Gary, they are not allowing them to drill. So there's no income. So in case something unless something changes with Sue Ellen and and John Ross, they're not gonna get what they want. So right. they're going to have to start to give. It's kind of like Republicans and Democrats right now. Yeah. It really is. They're like right at the stalemate, mm-hmm. and nobody can make it make a move because the other side is not willing to compromise. And if Christopher gets this bethane deal with this fleet, mm-hmm. then Game it's, over. Yeah. Which won't, it won't happen that easy. No. So what? they get back home to South Fork, and what's at South Fork? Emma. Yes. With her bags packed, sitting on the front porch. And the look in Anne's eyes when she sees her daughter there, it's just 
that's a mother. She loves her. Now, did anybody else notice Bobby had a weird look on his face? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Almost like, yeah. what are we in for now? It was kind of like, <laughs> you're not even going to turn around and ask me? Am I not important in this decision? Well, he's already, you he's know? probably thinking, I already raised Lucy Ewing all these years ago. She wasn't my kid. <laughs> well, you know, even I don't want to raise somebody else's kid now. Even though he went to Emma and said, you know, but the fact that they kind of left him out of that, mm-hmm. I think... I didn't, I don't know. I thought that was a little crap. On the flip side, Anne has raised Christopher now for how many years? Yeah, but She's she married it. into that, though. True. True. Yeah, she knew. Yeah. Or maybe he's thinking we have to deal with Ryland. I now. mean, it could be that. that I think it, that's was what he's definitely thinking. something I, going I, on in his head. Because I think with him and Anne, he would do anything mm-hmm. for her, whether he liked it or not. He would do it. Mm-hmm. I just think he's thinking now I got to deal with these two D bags. Yeah. Well, it's going to be. It's not going to be that easy. This is about to be another fight he's going to have to deal with on top of what's going on at Ewing yeah, Energy. Exactly, Very something true. else he has to take on. Ryland is not going anywhere anytime soon. No, and, and there's either- only so much Anne can take. We hope she doesn't get back on the shop. I hope she does. <laughs> medication again, just like your daughter. So, you guys, if you guys like what we're doing here at AfterBuzz, please let us know. Get on iTunes, comment, tell your friends, rate us, give us five stars. We really appreciate it. We do get on there and comment back. Um, I know I've been on there a lot this week, um, and I will get on there every single week, just like my lovely co-host. Also, yes. do the same on YouTube. Leave us comments. We will get back to you. Um, there's also an app for your iPhone called Podcasts with an S, where you can have all of your favorite AfterBuzz shows automatically downloaded each and every day so that you can listen to us or your favorite co-hosts um, wherever you are, whenever you like to listen to us. So. Thank you for that. Before we move on to this last scene of the show, I don't want to talk about it. It literally, like, I was bawling my eyes out in a coffee shop watching this with a headset on. I watched it at 6 o'clock this morning. It's... And I... Okay, so. At the end of the episode, John Ross is on the phone with JR. And JR says to him, he's basically explaining to him what's going down at Ewing Energies right now. And um, I just love... JR said, I have a plan. It'll be my masterpiece. And... I just well let's just play out the scene okay so that happens um, they're talking and JR says to John Ross what does he say to him he goes you're my son from tip to tail and he said I'm proud of you yeah. I'm proud of you yeah that, I'm getting a little and for like for John Ross to hear his dad say I'm proud of you mm-hmm. I don't think he's probably heard that many times in his entire life and that's the last thing he hears the yeah. last? aside from because right after he says that, it cuts to to Jr. and he puts the phone down, and we hear the high heels. High heels. High which heels. Is interesting. Mm-hmm. Walking in, we're into whatever room he's in, and as he puts the phone down, John Ross is saying, "Well, I, I, I it's really great to hear, or I'm glad that you say that, or or something like yes. to that effect." And then you hear the the gunshot. The gunshot, and the look in Jr.'s eyes right before the gunshot, he knew. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. felt like he knew it was. It, it, it finally caught up to him. Mm-hmm. For some reason, something told him to tell his son that he was proud of him because something was about to happen. Yeah. And um, obviously, I think we're all hoping Victoria Principal is the one who pulled the trigger, even <laughs> though even though we've got in our news and gossip, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, but what blows my mind, and this is what got me so emotional when I was watching it, is uh, I don't want to talk about it. Um, he is literally such an icon in American television and around the world. Yeah. He's been playing this character for over 30 years. Yeah. Since before I was even born. And to have the opportunity to go out this way and to have the respect of TNT 
and the writers and the producers at TNT to give him this opportunity to go out this way because he's he'd known he was going to pass for a while mm-hmm. um, and so they kind of prepared for it it seems like and the Who Shot JR episode back in what 82 roughly That's early somewhat, 80s I think it's 80 I thought it was 80 it's 81 82 yeah it was early 80s it was the second most watched television event in history except for MASH yeah mm-hmm. and to that entire summer this country talked about who shot JR yeah everybody it was a talked, phenomenon. talked about water cooler like like that's yeah. that's what everybody talked about back then I mean, my mom's I shared I've talked to my mom my grand- grandmother about this they were huge fans of the show and to now as he exits to bring that storyline back and to revive it as a, a who killed JR sort of yes. mystery that's going to now mm-hmm. unfold the rest of the season and and he says this is my masterpiece and we're going to get to see what, what he's been working on and what he's put what how these parts all fit together and what he's been manipulating since this show came back last season it's just incredible that an actor of his caliber had the opportunity to go out like that mm-hmm. yeah that's what gets me I, JR, I will miss the character of JR. Larry Hagman, from everything I've ever read about him, is the most kind-hearted, upbeat, positive person. And that, that I was reading uh, an interview um, that Ted Shackelford actually did before the, his, this episode aired. And um, he said, and I quote, Whenever I would run into, run into him, talking about Larry Hagman, after the shows were over, I always walked away feeling better about myself. It's the good thing about people with true charisma. And that's just mm-hmm. as awful of a, as a character as he played on the show. He was so beloved by yeah. everyone. To be that's what I was, to be such an evil character, you can't hate him. You can't help but, in the back of your mind, even though you know what he's doing is wrong, love him anyway. And his two best friends in the world are Patrick Duffy. I know. And Linda Gray. Yeah. That says so much. Like that doesn't happen in the industry today. It just no. doesn't happen. No, no. And to get a send off like that, just yeah. mm. and John Ross, and that scene broke my heart. Well, he's at first he's calling him Jr. Jr. Yeah. And then he's like Dad, and yeah. it just that's yeah. what gets me because uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I had to stop talking <laughs> because it always has it, it's had to be Jr. for so long in his life. It, he's had to view him as Jr. because yeah. he's never really been a dad. He's always been his mentor. In business, mm-hmm. as opposed to just his daddy, you know, and and sometimes you just want your parent to just be a parent, right? Yes. And it, when push comes to shove, and this is this is the lesson I think, and this is what uh, this is what kills me about the show is that John Ross has never quite learned this lesson until this exact moment. Jared's been trying to teach him at the end of the day, family comes first. Period. Period. In his very last moment. On the series, in his very last moment in John Ross's life, he taught him the lesson he's been trying f- for so many years to teach him. Yes. And that's that's the mastery of Jr. Yep. He's unbelievable. Well, and the fact that he sent Sue Ellen all those old love oh. letters. Oh, don't. And there's one that she hasn't <laughs> she opened hasn't yet. Opened yeah. it up yet? And oh, I can't. I know. It is. It's just. It's so. It's just weird to me yeah. that like. I'm so I feel so privileged to cover the show here. 
Yeah. Yes. To be able to, yeah. like, it's great. We cover a lot of shows here at AfterBuzz. A lot of shows, they'll be on for one season. They'll never hear of them again. They won't have any mark on history. Like, they just will not, they won't, they won't stand the test of time. No. Dallas, I am proud to say there's no show at AfterBuzz like Dallas, period. Yeah. There no. just isn't. There's no show that has the legacy and and the heart and the soul that Dallas has inside and out. No. I mean, they've the, the, the mayor of Dallas has declared um, uh, March 11th as Larry Hagman Day mm -hmm. forever in Dallas. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the day that, the, that his funeral is going to air. Um, oh, and that's gonna oh, that's gonna be hard. Yeah, so. next we'll week. apologize now. Yeah, yeah. Or next week. Yeah. So I mean, it's just to leave a mark like that is just unheard of in this day and age. And mm -hmm. I, I'm just so happy for Larry Hagman. Not yeah. everybody gets to go out the way they want to. Most people don't. No. And he he was in control of it, just like his character. He was in control of his destiny the entire way, and that's yep. pretty cool. Yeah. I'm terrified to watch next week's episode. I'm yeah. excited to see no. Valine come back. I'm excited, excited to see Lucy come back and some other characters come back. Yeah, it's something I'm we still, don't even know about yet that I are know. coming back, which I'm excited about. I'm still yeah. holding out for Victoria Principal. <laughs> but we'll see. let's go into news and gossip yeah. really quickly and talk about this article that you just <laughs> shared with me recently. Okay, so I was reading on Deadline um, that Victoria Principal won't appear on the new TNT Dallas series. She said, and I quote, Since the inception of Dallas, the creators and fans around the world have referred to Bobby and Pam as the Romeo and Juliet of Dallas. I could not agree more, and since the original author of this scenario, William Shakespeare, felt compelled to make theirs a tragic love story of epic and unforgettable deathly loss, I think I shall respect that very successful example and leave the legacy of Bobby and Pam's tragic love story undisturbed and intact. Well, here's the thing. Good writing can create another love story with these two that could go on for a couple of seasons and we could lose her again a couple years from now. I want right? her back so bad. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> she could change her mind. I, well, or, or this is a big marketing ploy on TNT's it part. Could be. A big PR stint to make people just want her even more because now I'm just furious and I want her back. Yeah. I yeah. hope. I it hope. absolutely could be. It could be all in part of the plan. Absolutely. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. So next week, what's the title of next week's episode? Isn't it the masterpiece? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm just so excited for the well, rest of the season. Well, and we know that. Well, why don't you want to just do predictions now? Absolutely. So. You can just share it. <laughs> so we know that right before JR's shooting, that he was also talking to his PI about something with Ryland. Hmm. So he has a couple of things in the pot that are definitely going to play out for the rest of the season. He's going to take him down. And mm -hmm. I really am so excited to kind of see where that goes. But the previews for the next episode were just, I mean, we see Sue Ellen again with the bottle of whiskey. We see her having to identify the body. I mean, that's, it's going to be so hard to watch. I don't know how we're... Um, on to what you were saying is, I think, to be honest, when he, when he was asking about Ryland, something comes back. And I think with the high heels, it could be Judith who shot him. Oh, that's interesting, actually. That, yeah. yeah. That was my first instinct of, I was like, who did, Judith was the first thing that came right to my, because okay. he asked about her. And he goes, this is my masterpiece. Boom. That's what I. I think it's Marta Del Sol. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, my prediction. My prediction. I, my prediction is that Jr. is going to have a presence in every single episode this entire season and and throughout. Yes. Um, I think that he's he might not be physically there, but he's going to be in every single one of these episodes, yeah. and it's really cool to watch. Um, my prediction is that Victoria Prince will 
principle will be coming back this season. I think it's all a lie. I think it's a PR a PR thing, and I think that that they they need it. I think well, that people we, were speculating that they maybe they didn't offer her enough money. She's got some beef with the original producers when she got written off the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? There may just be some bad blood she has to work through. Or it could just be a ploy. We'll see. You never hope, can tell. I hope it's a ploy. I'm predicting it's a ploy. I think <laughs> it we'll would see be her. fantastic. I think we'll see her before the end of the season. So <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for stopping by tonight. I know we went a little bit long, but this was a big episode. Yeah. We had yeah. to talk Deservedly, about it. And we, it had to and, be. Yeah, and Larry Hagman, rest in peace. We love you. We yes. adore you. Um, we're not looking forward to next week's episode at all, but uh, we appreciate we appreciate all the memories. Um, where can our fans, our viewers, our listeners follow you on Twitter? Uh, you guys can follow me at Kelly with an IE079. And you can follow me, Dorinda, at on Twitter at Lula Cherry Films. Nice. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore AJ Gibson. Check out my website, AJGibson.tv. We'll be back next week for the episode of all episodes, the funeral of J.R. Ewing. Uh, a lot of people coming back this episode, so it's going to be mm-hmm. an exciting one, a sad one, a lot of mixed emotions. But we'll be here covering again at AfterBuzz, same time, same place. We look forward to seeing you then. Take care, guys. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz y'all later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 